Tech Support Rich is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Use the offer code AUDIO30 to get 30% off your order of new products or the offer code AUDIO129 to get a .com domain name for just £1.29 or $1.29. Hello, welcome to the show. This time I thought we'd do something a bit more serious because there's lots of shit going down, quite frankly. Uh, that is quite a trivial way of putting it, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I'm joined tonight by Alison, who's here. Hi. And Shane, who you'll have heard from the greatest events in sporting history. Evening. How are you doing, sir? Uh, not too bad. Um, I get all things considering. It has been a rotten summer for, like, f- uh, for new, at least, stuff that's in the news. It really has. It absolutely has indeed. The issue uh, that we're here to talk about tonight is uh, the situation uh, that's going on in Ferguson in Missouri uh, with the events that happened to uh, a young man called Michael Brown earlier on in the week. Uh, I'll I'll give you a brief summary in case anyone's been under a rock long enough to miss this. This is I'm taking this from Wikipedia of all places, so bear in mind the validity of that as a news source. I just feel it will be a little bit more impartial than an actual news source. Yeah, okay. That, that's all. And we'll see about the language they use well, to describe what happened here. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it'll, it'll be instructive to see how it's been described either way. Yeah. Um, as I said to you guys before the show started, I can. It's Wikipedia is saying when this page was last edited, and it's constantly updating as I've got it on my screen here. Uh, it says at the moment the shooting of Michael Brown occurred on August 9th, uh, 2014, in Ferguson, Missouri, United States. Uh, Brown was an 18-year-old African-American male who died after being shot multiple times by Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson. Brown was unarmed and had no criminal record. Wilson, a six-year veteran, has no disciplinary history. Brown was allegedly involved in a a felony strong-arm robbery of a box of Swisher Sweet cigars at his convenience store prior to his death, although Wilson was unaware of this. Ferguson police uh, released the name of the policeman and allegations about an unrelated robbery by Brown six days after Brown's death. That's actually got some stuff in that I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the incident sparked reactions with, uh, within the St. Louis suburb and at the national level, level in, including peaceful demonstrations and protests, acts of vandalism and other forms of social unrest, as well as national calls for an investigation. Widespread media coverage explored the validity of local police departments arming themselves with military-grade weapons when dealing with protesting civilians and journalists covering volatile current events. Uh, The Federal Bureau of Investigation opened a civil rights investigation of the shooting on August 11th, and the next day US President Barack Obama issued a statement expressing condolences to Brown's family, also committing federal resources to conduct an investigation. Uh, We then go into uh, various parts of this. Uh, basically what we've got here is a police officer shooting an unarmed man. An unarmed black man. Of course. Um, this raises an unbelievable number of issues here. Uh, what I was totally unaware of was that the police officer was unaware of this alleged robbery. That came out today. I mean, some of that stuff that you just read off Wikipedia... They've reported what's been reported accurately, but some of the stuff they've been reported is actually has turned out to be bullshit. Like yeah. he wasn't involved. He wasn't involved in a robbery. He was suspected of being involved in a robbery because another black kid apparently was involved in a robbery, but they're completely unrelated. And like you said, the police officer didn't he wasn't even aware. Um, he was walking in the middle of the street to his grands. I, I, 
grandmums, I believe, and a police officer. This isn't a, this isn't like official, but the witnesses say that the police officer told him to get out the road, him and his friend. Yeah. At which point a scuffle ensued. At which point he ran with his hands up, saying <laughs> not to shoot, and yeah, he was shot nine times. Jesus Christ! Has it been confirmed that it's nine times? Because there's been lots of. It was ten. It was seven. Yeah. It was a whole clip. Once you get past a certain well, there's number, a guy, there's know? actually a guy, yeah, there's a guy on uh, Twitter actually who live tweeted it. Uh, are you talking about bro, the Pharaoh? Uh, I can't remember the. I read it earlier today. I can't remember the exact username. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've got his uh, fi- uh, Twitter feed of the day uh, in front of me now, and he was saying that um, Michael's running up the street. And he saw him get shot twice in the back, and he turned round to protest, and he was shot further seven times. Wow! Let's right. just say it's more than once. Uh, it was more than once. It was more than deadly force. I mean, at this point, I have to ask the question: At what point do you have to do you feel as a police officer that you have to shoot someone nine times? How many people? You know, I I I don't think I would make it much past two. If I was being I shot. I couldn't make it past zero. I, mean, I couldn't I, I physically I have, pull the fucking trigger. I, I've never been shot. I have no frame of reference. But I'm going to say, if you shot me once as a police officer, you've got my full and undivided attention. A further eight times is not necessary. And looking at that from the other point of view, I, if I was defending myself, I, I don't know what situation you'd feel that you have to fire nine shots into somebody well it's, a, it's a, the thing is that this the story is obviously about mike brown and it's very important to remember his name but we could be talking about like countless other people yeah um in terms of the police like jonathan uh pharrell oh about a few months ago the guy was involved in a car crash was stumbling around completely out of it because he's involved in a car crash the police thought he was a th- thought, didn't know what he was doing, and m- police shot him multiple times and shot him dead. Yeah, that's just one that just springs to mind off the top of my head straight away. There's a lot of so- there's like if you there's just so many. if you go on the internet for like ten minutes, I mean you look at the list of black people, not just in America, by the way. It's something that's more specific to America and other countries because of the proliferation of guns, and obviously you know all police walk around with uh, with guns, but it's the kind of thing where. So many uh, black people have been shot in circumstances. And it's a thing where you get to the... I mean, not that you need to get to that point, but if the, Michael Brown was the only occurrence, then not that there'd be a defence for it, but it would be a lot easier for people to say, oh, well, this is just a one-off. This is anomalous. But what happened to Michael Brown isn't it an really aberration. Is not. It's, not, it's not anomalous. This is what happens to young black kids, male and female. Mm. Kind of every day. There's a, a post here on a Black Youth Project 100, and um, they put out um, a, a release yesterday, a day before yesterday, and, and the opening quote of, of the article is, in the past two weeks, police officers have strangled, shot, and killed four unarmed black men. We honour the well, lives of Eric Garner, John Crawford, Michael Brown, and Ezel Ford. Well, it's important you mention actually Eric Garner and, and John Crawford. I think about three days before Michael Brown was shot, John Crawford was shot in a Walmart for having a toy rifle. That was on sale in Walmart? That was on sale in Walmart. Uh-huh. And he was shot. Uh, Eric Garner, 
Derek Garner, from you can see on YouTube, this is like been fairly big news in America, where he was a guy who was being accosted by police, and you see on the video, he said to them, it, like, every day, you lot are bothering me. Like, you just leave, like, leave me alone. And they grab him. He's trying to get them off, and they, try, they grab him, and one guy grabs him from behind and puts him in a chokehold and choked him to death. Yeah. Like, he says, I can't breathe, and then you see his body go limp. And they choked him to, they choked him to death. The guy's dead. Horrible. And that was about, that was about like a week, two yeah. weeks before Michael Brown. That one stuns me more than this. Yeah, I, I, mean, they, I, I think just in terms of the act that you're committing as somebody killing somebody else, shooting somebody is horrific, but choking the life out of somebody with your bare hands is something altogether different. Yeah, you're not removed in any way from the killing, are you? Well, the thing, I mean, you're right. The instrument you're of murder is your own arm, your own hand. Yeah. You're, you're totally right, but the problem—I mean, the problem is that the reason you know we've kind of seen, we've talked about the events. I think everyone is agreed that it's horrific and horrible. But the the reason why people are removed from it is because of the identity of the people they're killing. Because this just doesn't happen. On, I'm not saying it never happens to white people, but it doesn't happen anywhere near a regular basis. Absolutely not. Uh, to white people, yeah. and it's. And it goes, it goes so much when you go back through history. I mean, when you look at the almost armed militia that's in Ferguson at the moment. It's not almost. It, it's I would ri- agree that it uh, is an armed militia. That, that, yeah, fair that. enough, it is an armed militia. I, I, was being, <laughs> I was being too gentle with my words. But then you look back at American history and you think, well, the first people America ever dropped bombs on were black people in America. Yeah. Before they dropped bombs on any other country, they did it on other black people in America first. Yeah. So there's a, a long history of... Obviously, through slavery and Jim Crow and you know separate lunch counters and the school to prison pipeline and the stop and frisk, there's a long history of the police and black police officers doing this as well. The the police essentially terrorising uh, black you know black citizens mm-hmm. because the way the you know the way the kind of the country set up, they're not really American citizens, like. Like, white Americans are American, even though they're not original Americans. Mm. Everyone else just happens to live there. Yeah. They just have, it's like, we let you live here. And because we happen to let you live here, we get to do what we want to you. We can brutalize you. Yeah. It's like, if you're, you know, if you stay around a friend's house, you stay around someone's house, the way you behave isn't always the way you behave at home. Mm. Like, you care, you care. Yeah, you censor yourself, don't you? You do a bit, this kind of stuff you talk about, how you're careful not to make too much noise. You try not to be, you know, troublesome to anyone. That's essentially, that is the experience of being a person of colour in America. Yeah. Because it's where you live, but it's not really your home because, <coughs> you're, yeah, you're not really wanted there. Yeah. They just happen to let you live there. And as such means that you can be treated like a second class citizen and no one really does anything about it because that's the way the system designed to work. It kind of sticks out that there is no, you, you never hear the phrase white American. And you certainly nope. don't hear it as often as you hear African-American and, and, and any other word mm. that comes before American. Well, Tony, Tony Morrison, the author, said white people are American. Everyone else has to hyphenate. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. They don't, you don't ever hear the phrase white American. There is a lot of... I mean, white anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's... It's it's a very 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 sad state of affairs, and I I what what I struggle with it is that of all the American people that I know personally, 
and are friends with and people who are even presenters on this network, I know that they are as horrified and as disturbed by all of this as we are. There are plenty of you know well, the, white people. There are plenty of white people who are who are actually out with in the protest and shit as well. There, yeah. are, there are plenty of white people who are disgusted and are also cognizant of why this kind of thing is happening and why it's allowed to happen. What, what I, I don't get how it actually what I do get, and I, I've said this before. I truly believe that anybody given police powers, and I'm not applying this to Americans. I'm not even applying this to white people. I truly believe that anybody given police powers will at some point abuse those powers. Maybe not well, it's, yeah. as a matter of course for them. Some will be better than others. Some will yeah. be worse than others. But I truly, absolutely, 100% believe that absolutely every police officer on this planet has or will at some point abuse their powers in well, a bullying before, kind of way. Before we even start recording uh, on BBC News... The stories of over here, the Met officers, the undercover Met officers who were having relationships with women. Yeah. And obviously lying about their identity and everything. Like two of them were named, even though this story broke about 18 months ago. But like two of them were named just to speak to Rich's theory, um, Rich's theory right then. Because being a police officer or any form of law enforcement, it's a position of huge responsibility. Because you're given, you are given so much powers compared to other citizens. Yeah. And it then also, it does mean, though, that if you're irresponsible with it, you have the latitude to cause so much damage. Because if you're not just like a black person, any kind of oppressed citizen, um, you, like, you may struggle in terms of getting a job. You may struggle in terms of housing. Like if you're a woman walking down the street, street harassment and stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know, if you're cis or trans. But if you're being oppressed by a police officer, there's a likelihood you're going to come off dead. Yeah. Because they've got a, an instrument of murder on them at all times as mm. well, especially in America. Here, not so. Um, well, it, it, it does. It, it does happen. It, not to the same extent. Certainly and not, not to the same extent. Yeah. Same extent. I, I mean, it really does help that we don't give every officer a gun. I'm sure. Well, if we did, then there'd be a lot more like Mark Duggins. Absolutely. I I don't doubt it for a second. Mm. I really don't. Enough. And there's still a, there's a long list of people like Sherry Gross and like David Olawale and people like that, but yeah. not. Well, I mean, like you could the list I could do for British people, that's probably the amount that happens to like in a year in America. And it's not it, it's not proportionate to um, the the population either. It's absolutely disproportionate. We can see that uh, for the numbers of American citizens versus the number of UK citizens. If we extrapolate it, it's still more. Uh, young black men being murdered in America than and women, than and, ever, women. And, and, and women uh, than ever would be in the UK. It's something we've been saying for years about drug laws that are there to to mm. punish black people. Yeah, they're inherently mm. racist, all black and, uh, all, and, all and, and, and Latino people as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, all, all, all kinds of particular system. groups. Meth, methamphetamine screwed it all up, though, because white dudes, mate, can take that. So mm. that that's the one levelling kind of substance that's come along and actually you know it's everyone's problem to, but to pretty much every every drug law has been, has been born from racism to to be fair i i i think that it's just i either media bias i i don't know it's i i'm i don't accept that marijuana is any more prolifically used in a black community than in any other ethnic it's community. It's not. White people it's, use... It's not. White yeah. people use cannabis, and I want to separate that word because marijuana is 
part of a, an instrument of the drug war anyway. It's decriminalise Mexican people who are seen as lazy and, and let's criminalise them because they don't do enough work while they're stoned on marijuana. It's a it's a useless term. The word we're looking for is cannabis. That's the, the name yeah. of the plant. That's the name of the stuff. Um, and it doesn't come loaded with racism along with that one word. White dudes smoke weed far more often than ev- everybody else. I'd, I'd even, everybody else. I'd be surprised to learn... No, sorry, start my sentence wrong. I wouldn't be surprised to learn if the most prolific users of cocaine are middle-class white people. They are. They are. They're, but more, they're more upper-class white people, yeah. if anything. Um, uh, but that comes with very few penalties compared to rock cocaine. Of course. Crack cocaine, which is used more predominantly by the black community. So that will carry a 25-year prison sentence if you get caught with it a third time. Whereas coke powder, if you're white, probably not going to get anything really bad happen to you until you've done it a lot of times or you're selling it. So one of the things this makes me think about is... I mean, when you hear a story like this about the police, you start to hear other stories about police that crop up around it. And there was something also drug-related that that continues to bug me, um, which is the the law surrounding cannabis possession in New York, uh, whereby possessing cannabis is legally, according to the article I read, about equivalent to a parking ticket. That's, you know, you shouldn't but this is not going to be the end of your life. Uh-huh. Um, publicly displaying possession of marijuana, the call has dropped. You're back. Yeah, I'm back. Um, I lost you just when you said the thing that bugs you, and then you, you cut out. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go over it again then. The uh, p- possession of marijuana, of cannabis, sorry, in New York is a belief for small quantities, certainly roughly equivalent legally to a parking ticket. A very low down the list of crimes you can commit. However, publicly displaying the possession of that same cannabis is a far greater crime. So here's how it works. Police officer believes you have cannabis on you. You can stand there and go, yeah, I've got cannabis in my pocket. And the police officer says, well, give it to me. And so you get it out to give to the police officer upon his request. But what you've then done is, display is publicly it. displayed that you are in possession of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And the charge that you can be charged with has just skyrocketed. And so that... Who, yeah, and who are the police more likely to ask, I'm suspecting? Oh, exactly. exactly. Yeah. They're, they're not asking Stop me. Stop searches are, are on black and Hispanic men. Exactly. Um, and so what I would suggest this is a symptom of all of this is that certainly in America, I, I don't... It, I feel like we're just here to get at America. Well, we're which talking about America. We're talking about one particular town in America that is a symptom of the rest of America. Um, clearly, some serious reform has to be done within the police as an entire entity. There are, there are serious issues here. There are things that would not, could not happen here. Yeah. Um, I, would, I wouldn't say this. I'd say some of it could. Some of it could. Of, of course, the, some of the, it could. The key, the key difference is that not all the British police officers carry guns. Yeah, and we don't really bring tanks out and 
we don't use tear gas on people, um, all that kind of stuff. I believe we're looking into water cannons but for crowd dispersal. Th- yeah, but they're also under question because they can be fatal. Mm-hmm. So no one wants anybody to die in a protest, really. Um, the whole process of managing a protest should be the focus on keeping it peaceful. Now, we saw things go wrong in London with the kettling of people, which caused extreme pressure um, within the protesters and, and within the police, and therefore it broke down into mass violence. But still, there were no armoured vehicles, there was no tear gas. There was plenty of brutality, but we didn't have the instruments that they have right now in Ferguson to cause that much harm to that many people. What we've learned about uh, Ferguson in particular, you were saying, Alison, that they've been given basically army surplus equipment yeah. from Iraq. Well, fr- since there's been demobilization of troops from Iraq and Afghanistan, there's a fuck ton of M16s and M14s and all kinds of stuff just lying around, and it's been decommissioned by the army, but given to local police forces. Um, which is just terrifying. I mean, these are war machines that they've been given to police population. Uh, the problem is, is that to come back to my original point, they're not seen as a proper population. They're, well, just, yeah. they're just people that they they let live there. Um, because I mean, it all comes under the aegis just of in- institutional racism. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who did him, um, guy who shot Mike Brown, Darren Wilson, like finally been named yeah. after days of saying, why are you not saying the name of this guy? Who's And he's left town, by the way. He left town two days ago. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. Like, you'd stay at he's home, just, He's just been suspended as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He's been arrested and charged he's with anything. Been, he's been put on admin leave. So he's still being paid. Um, but I'm betting, I mean, I don't know, but I think it'd be a safe assumption that he's got probably got a few black friends. And if you asked him if he was racist, he said, of course I'm not. Because first off, no one ever admits to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, "No, of course I'm not. Not even the not even the slightest. You know, I had I I'm sure I had good cause to do what I did. But the thing is, every police officer that does that thinks for some reason they have good cause. But um, because of like the the level like the the level. Oh, well, someone actually said about racism. There's there's so many levels to it, and it's it's not a case of racism isn't just um, like racial slurs, or I don't want my son or daughter marrying a black man black woman mm-hmm. um kind of thing it really it makes up every building block of the society that you live in absolutely and which is which and which is why actions like this are permissible like i'm not saying that if it if it did you know um white supremacy didn't exist that these kind of things might not happen but there's a difference between um saying what's right and what's wrong and then having and then delineating between consequences for what's right and what's wrong. Like John Stewart, he actually once said that um, we've done a really good job of like teaching people that racism is bad, but we have done a really like shit job of teaching people what racism actually is. Yeah. Um, because like, like this, this happened to me and like every black person I know, no matter where they're from, has at least a story with the police. A story when the police basically gave them shit for no reason, mm. whether they were being stopped, whether they, you know, pulled over in their car, um, just like the police randomly swear, whatever it is. Mm. Every black person has a story. And if you haven't had it yet and you're a black person, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have at least one story. And you just hope that when that story happens, that you didn't come away harmed. You didn't come away, you don't come away dead. I mean, like Forrest Whitaker, for fuck's sake, after he 
after he won his Oscar for Larking in Scotland, he was accused of shoplifting in a deli in New York. Yeah, um, whatever. That's just somebody like Daniel... not recognising him and him being racist, yeah? Yeah, and like Daniel Kaluuya was, um, oh, he was in like Black Mirror, the kind of the X Factor episode, like episode 15 million merits. Oh, yeah. Who's like he's been in a, he's been on TV like over here. He was I think about uh, two years ago. He sued the Met because they pulled him off a bus, saying he matched the description. And of course he matched he matched the description because the description's very very vague and yeah. vague and specific at the same time. <laughs> Young black male. And, yeah. Yeah. And you know had they probably had him down to like his knee and his back and were being like really aggressive and stuff. Uh, like he took him to court. So so it doesn't even it's not even a case of just poor black people even though it's a lot easier they're more vu- more vulnerable because they're like struggling on a, on a class level as well but essentially black the social construct of blackness is naturally assumed criminal yeah if everything down to our clothes how we talk our demeanor some of the music we listen to everything it's it's immediately assumed aberrant it's, it's assumed there's something wrong with it yeah. and it's something that has to be controlled at all times hence the militia that you've now got in ferguson yeah because i mean i, I read early this week before even like you've t- t- asked me asked me on for this uh for this episode um a story of in ferguson when police were going through the streets and telling everyone to get in their homes and there was uh, one family who were in their backyard basically saying like we're in our they're saying go in your home it's like I'm in my backyard. I'm in my home, and they chucked a tear gas canister at him. Fucking yeah. hell! Yeah, and it's like this is my. This, I'm in my fucking home. I'm in my home just because I'm not actually indoors. You basically think you can act like this, and and whoever I don't whoever I don't know the police officer's name. Whoever that police officer was, they're not going to be fired. They're not. There's not going to be um any uh, admin leave, any inquiry, uh, yeah. which I love by the way. It's, it's always like an inquiry with this chef with Mark Duggan. Yeah. If I, if I come at you and stab one of you, there's gonna be no inquiry. I'm gonna be arrested. Yeah, I'm going straight to prison. Whenever a police officer does something like this, or to be fair, most most white people, but when I think of like Trayvon Martin and um, Jordan Davis, mm. but there's there's an inquiry of sorts, or there's a delay for them to be arrested. Definitely, and and because they're in a well, it's it's part of their position as well. Because they were carrying out their duty, they were at work when they did it. Um, if he'd done it when he was off duty, then he'd be treated. You would hope, like um, any actually, other murder suspect. That's actually not always true. Uh, <laughs> well, that's just why I'm saying you would hope. Yeah, and I rake your boy. And she was she was shot by an off-duty police officer. Yeah, I, I've been reading lots of stories mm. today that people have have come forward and said uh, I was t-boned by a cop who was drunk. Who, who just ploughed into me at an intersection. Uh, the first thing, he, like when he got out of his car, I smelled alcohol in his breath, and then he ran to a to a restaurant and got a big bowl of chilli and, and scoffed that down, and it took the police 25 minutes to get there, by which time he didn't smell of alcohol, he smelled of chilli. And it was like, yeah, he he made sure that his, his boys didn't come quick enough to to even smell him. And it was just story after story after story. I was T-bar by a cop. They they delayed. He got away with it. I was arrested. <laughs> I was given the, you know, I was given a, a write-up for unsafe um, passage through an intersection when it was fucking, it was him. And witnesses could say it was him, but they're squashed. They're not even spoken to. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where this is why black people, none of us, no matter what, however, how much money we have, no matter what part of the social class we're at, this is why we don't trust the police and maybe never will do. You'll, you'll never feel that they're pr- to protect and no. serve you. No. I can't blame you, to be perfectly honest. I think this... this... And well, it's getting to the point it's now just... where I, I would suspect almost every white police officer of being capable of shooting a black guy. Oh, I, di- for I already, no already have. reason whatsoever. I'm way ahead of you on that one. But that, that comes along uh, with my believing that they'd abuse their powers. I think the, the point about you saying that they'd abuse their powers came up for me this week. I saw a video of three white 16-year-old boys um somewhere in america i think maybe in miami or california i don't know it was it was by a beachfront and the three of them had those fake beer glasses that that looks like you're drinking beer when there's absolutely nothing in it you know there's a liquid inside the, the right, yeah. double vacuum thing and they'd gone outside and they were pranking the police and you know pretending to drink from these fake beer glasses and two officers out of three were absolutely despicable to these guys. And they were 16 years old. It's like, I smell weed, empty your pockets, don't be bullshitting me. And you're like really, really bringing out the, the aggressive language and accusing them of all kinds of stuff and, and uh, you know, infringing on their civil liberties, really. And, it, and And in my mind, as I was watching it, I was thinking... Yeah, what would happen if these three kids were black and not these three blonde white boys? Who were still given the runaround. I mean, my, part of my own opinion comes from the fact that I have had incidents where I would consider I have been harassed. And if I've been harassed, then black kids have damn well fucking been harassed. That's just all there is to it. I've been stopped on the street for absolutely no reason on a number of occasions. Not for a long time. But it, it, it's absolutely happened. I've not got my opinion from nowhere. Mm. It's all based on real life experience. No, I was raised by a copper, so I could be raised within a veil of no, we're we're the good guys. And I've 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 long thought, nah, maybe not. I've seen my father come home with injuries to his to his head through altercations. But a few weeks ago, um, a villager actually said, "Your dad was so lonely." I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, he really, really wanted to arrest my husband. He wanted to get him so bad. I think he stopped this guy maybe upwards of 20 times just because he wanted to catch him without a license. Case in point. Case in point. My own father, who's pretended all these years that he hasn't ever abused his powers, I'm told, frankly, by a villager, your father abused his powers. For the record, I'm sure there's plenty of good individual police officers but the structure, it's the it's case of the structure, which is so much bigger than any one individual. Yeah. So but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's individual police officers in that police department that are just feel embarrassed and feel disgusted and almost kind of hate the hate what they're representing. But it's the structure almost from the top down and bottom up that is absolutely rancid and it's it's kind of riddled with like racism, misogyny, mm. uh, like transphobia, um so the the way forward to deal with this it's it's not this thing is the police force are part of the society so it's a wider i mean this is obviously the police force you need to look directly at them but yeah you also need to look at the society that breeds this basically this abuse of power and this 
basically, you know, this license to oppress whoever you want and the people you tend to oppress tend to be the same groups of people all the time. I honestly don't think, and this is this is looking to the darkest side of all human nature, I'm not necessarily even blaming police officers for, police officers for this, but it's the old saying, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm. And I, I, I think that from the police point of view, a, a solution to move forward should include, I don't know, some sort of very serious monitoring of the police. Well, by think, by, a, by an independent, separate organisation. Things have been rotten for a long time. I read an article today that brought up something that happened in Ferguson in 2009 that's highlighted serious aberrations in their procedures. Um, going back to 2009, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, I don't remember the guy's name, but um, he, uh, he was driving. He's not a Ferguson resident, he was driving, he wanted to drive beyond Ferguson, but the the rain was so hard he pulled over and and came off the intersection, uh, came off the, the freeway and, and got into town. And as he did so, a police officer was behind him, he ran his play and a name came up um, with a man who was under warrant. Now, it wasn't the same name. This guy didn't have the same social security number. His first and surnames matched, but his middle name didn't. But stupid cop didn't didn't even care. He opened the car door without really saying anything, got the driver out, cuffed him and threw him in the back of uh, the police cruiser and took him to the police station. Guy was protesting and saying all along, it's not me, I'm not from here, I'm not the guy you want. Um... He was told, tough shit, you're staying here. And he was thrown in a in a prison cell that was supposed to be for one person, but he was thrown in there anyway. He asked for a mattress to sleep on the floor. It was three o'clock in the morning and he was expected to sleep on cement. And uh, they said, no, you're not fucking having anything. And four officers piled in and brutalised him, kicked him in the face, did all kinds of stuff. And hours later, he got some medical attention, which he refused until he'd been photographed. Now, what this brought up was after there was no charge on this man, four officers charged him with property damage. And the property damage that they accused him of was getting blood on their uniforms. Now, this thing comes to court, it gets kind of squashed, and the victim makes his own civil case against the police and one by one they go up to the stand and say there was no blood on my uniform I didn't see any blood like but the charges that he got blood on your uniform yeah that's right but you said there was no blood that's right so they either committed perjury right right there and then or they were lying whichever way and all that happened there was the judge threw it all out and said the guy's injuries weren't that bad anyway. They don't constitute an assault, so no one was charged with anything. And what what it uncovered was their process of using force and what happens when you make a report of using force in the course of your duties. Now, back in at the time, if you would use force in the course of your duties, what you did was write a report up, it went to your captain, he read it, put it in his out tray, and an admin put it in the case file, not on your personnel record. 
So basically you could commit atrocity after atrocity after atrocity towards um, victims of, of crime that you had suspected and there would be no written record of who you were and how bad you'd been. So for the first two years of the, this police officer's term, they were the rules. So it is quite likely that he was raised up by officers who were using force and nothing was happening to them over and over again. If he used force, there's no record of it because there was no fucking record of it. That That is the first thing that needs to be implemented. If you use yep. any kind of force, you need to be accountable for it. It doesn't go on a case file. It goes on your record. If you are proved to be violent beyond the reasonable means of your job, you should be fucking fired. It's as simple as that. So there needs that infrastructure in place. I, I disagree. Then we, need I think to look, I, then we need to look at why they've got fucking M16s. I, I actually think if you're forceful beyond the limits of your job, you need to be charged with an assault. Well, yeah. You should face criminal Quite charges. Quite frankly. This officer should face a murder charge. He should go to prison for a long time. He murdered someone. I can't argue yeah. with that on any level. Mm. No. This, and the story, I mean, obviously, while it's very, uh, very relevant, I'd be, ca- I'd always be careful not to individualise it too much. Like it's just, a, it's just that something happens in Ferguson, or it's something happens in St. Louis, or it's something happens in America, mm. or it's just the police. I mean, you're looking at obviously, in one level of like the kind of the basic abuse and oppression that's commonplace, but. That doesn't just come from nowhere. It didn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. There's a reason why they think they can get away with that. Uh, and that and that kind of ties into, what I was coming back to, it more in, s- systemic uh, things like racism and racism and misogyny, where you can treat someone like that shit. And Rich's point is um, obviously valid about, you know, having absolute power allows someone to, uh, someone to corrupt. But um, it's a case of, even if, like, you... You say it got. Let's say okay. Let's just say this hypothetical, which ain't gonna happen. That Darren Wilson gets charged, goes to prison, gets a proper prison sentence. Um, there's a complete, almost transformative ripping up of the Ferguson uh, Police Department, and they start again, almost in conjunction with the citizens, mm. to ask them how best to help them mm. and that kind of thing. Even if that happened, the the citizens of Ferguson, particularly the black citizens, aren't gonna be like, oh, well, it's fine now. Yeah. I feel comfortable around the police now. Nor should they be. They, they've got every... I mean, again, this is this is something that has come from years and years of experience. And that's where the protests are coming from, where... Because, obviously, Mike Brown's not the first person that's happened to in Ferguson. Plenty of the citizens are just like... They, they kind of just had enough. Yeah. You know, if someone keeps flicking you in the face enough times, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to punch them. Exactly. And then they blame you for getting violent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's imperative as well that the force reflects the community that it's serving. So if, for example, you have a neighbourhood that is 40% African-American, then your police force needs to be 40% African-American. There's there's no other way of looking at it. We need to see ourselves reflected in the services that are provided for us. If we don't see ourselves there, then it's not for us, it's not by us, It's it's not in our interest and that's that's how we'll always feel I mean, and, in se- and in senior positions not just in junior positions exactly so not like 40 percent just beat cups while the yeah. bosses are still white exactly it needs to be all the way up from the grass to the top of the fucking highest tree 
steps need to be taken to make that the case though and that i i, I can see that running into issues of what's the right way of putting it um maybe g giving jobs to people who don't necessarily who could be deemed to not necessarily deserve them well, you're getting a job you know, because well, you're black however however affirmative action yeah however in this one particular case just talking about a police force that needs to actually happen it really does i mean it's it's one thing if you're a software company or or a supermarket chain or something like that but if you're the police force you absolutely you, you're right you have to represent the community that you're protecting um you know, I, I, do, do yeah. we know what the the situation with black officers in ferguson is there's three of them oh right okay there you are and, and they brought one of them out today i'm sure they did <laughs> they, they brought, the same day they released darren wilson's name they then brought the black officer out and said oh we thought mike brown might have been involved in a robbery and look here's the footage but the footage you know like all those cop cars have like the um, dashboard cameras mm. yeah yeah i still haven't seen anything about that yet no. Well, this is the other thing. What I, I would suggest as a, a way of dealing with this is that we, we now have the technology to do this with relatively little little oh, difficulty. I meant in to cost. say this. Sorry, you might have been about to say this anyway, that, that, that police officers having cameras on them. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's the thing people have been talking about. That that needs to happen. That about, can happen. About, yeah, about a week ago, funnily enough. Yeah. I think it was in relation to like Eric Garner. Mm. Um, I think someone was talking about it because... They, it's actually has been trialed, so it's not. There's no precedent for it. Yeah. That that needs to happen. Really I does. really think it does. If Big Brother's watching, you behave. And and Big Brother needs to not be another police officer. Yeah, it needs to be an independent authority. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I agree about the independent authority. The only issue with that is who's on the authority. Well, again, that needs to be uh, well, a representative. Well, how about this? How about this? A little bit of an episode of The Wire. Yeah. If well, you see, it's all just corrupt from the top down. What if, <laughs> what if, if we're running into issues of affirmative action by making the, exact, the police force of any area uh, ethnically representative of the, the people that it uh, polices, what if, instead of doing that, the group of people that police the police are a, a non-profit, separate organisation that is not employing anybody and therefore can be made to consist of absolutely anybody anybody feels should be part of it. <laughs> if we can't take steps to make 40% of a police force be black, we can take steps to make 40% of, of a civilian board, review yeah. board be black. I mean, the only problem, uh, I mean, not to, I, I actually agree with large swathes of what you're saying. The only problem is that in the general narrative about this so far, and it should be stated that first, we're coming from this from a British perspective, so we're not in the thick of it. And also, the story is still developing like as we're talking. Yeah. But in terms of the narrative, there really has been very little about what you two have just been saying. It's still, it's still very much smacks of the police seem to be, how can we how can we do just enough to get away with this and just to pacify the people that are all pissed off well of, co of course that's rather, what they want to do rather, yeah rather than wow we really fucked up we need to try and do something about that because if they do that then people are going to lose jobs and and people are going to have to effectively cause their friends to lose jobs and that's a very difficult thing to get people to do 
Yeah, and the key point coming back to the whole good point for this discussion and the point for the protest, it's not just Michael Michael Brown, but it's a case of black life, which is always seen as expendable and always seen as expendable in regards to to white fear. Because you know what? I, mean, I don't think he was, but let's just say Darren Wilson was actually gen- in genuine fear because that's how a lot of these things happen. The white person was slightly intimidated and they fired fired gun up and shot the black person. Yeah. And white, uh, I think it was Brittany Cooper who said this, um, white fear is always seen more important than black life. Yeah. And it's a case of black people who should be alive and are not alive. Um, Just because of fear that something might happen. But yeah, because apparently, we're, you know, we're all so dangerous. We're all yeah. so dangerous and so hyper-violent and so able to handle ourselves in physical confrontations. <laughs> right. Mm. I, and that's, that's where a lot of it comes from. I, 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 yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to disagree with you in any way. Um, I do experience it. You know, there are particularly, say, in, in Keithley, you've got large Asian areas. Mm. And I personally would deem those areas as places I, I'm not going. Now, am I doing that because I went in one and something bad happened? No. No. You're doing it because of reputation. Yeah. And now, there that... was a time a couple of years ago where it would have been absolutely stupid to walk down the streets. Now, I've been approached, and this was about 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, the company that I worked for had hired a building down where you're talking about, and we didn't have any milk. We had, we had like 30 people to give tea and coffee to, and we had no milk. So I said, I'll go to the shop. And I started crossing the recreation area. And I saw a guy probably about 20, 25 years old. And I asked him where the nearest shop was. And his response was, what are you doing down here? It's not safe. So some of it comes from the community themselves. Um, and some of it comes from media. So, that, you know. They, yeah, well, I, I think this is part of the larger problem in the, these areas that we're talking about are areas of higher crime and are areas of um, higher violent crime. Where, where, yeah. where do the gangs in Keithley operate? Because it isn't where we live. No, it isn't. It's right? in those areas. It's in those areas. The problem is, is that we're, we're assuming completely incorrectly, we're fearing that that is all of those people in that area. Yeah. We're when, all, it's, we're also, when it's really about 10 guys well, in 20 streets. Exactly. We're also assuming that all those people in that area are cool with it. When in fact... They are probably just as, as bothered terrified. by it, if not more so, well, than I am I mean, because they live have, there. We don't have guns being discharged. I mean, there has been violence in the street and there has been weapons discharged in the street, but I'm not going to say it was a gun because it wasn't. No, it was a fucking chainsaw. It was a chainsaw and that was going on. And we know how we felt at that time when a, a chainsaw was being ripped into life at one o'clock in the morning. Now, for anybody who lives in, in an area that has got high crime where where criminals shoot each other in the streets. It must be terrifying. It's not just terrifying to outsiders. It's terrifying to everybody. No, it is. It is without, I mean, I wouldn't doubt the veracity of any of those stories. And the, the problem comes not... I mean, obviously, the crime's a big problem. But the problem is in regards to other races that... And like you, like you said, without even, without even thinking, you hear that shit and you automatically feel slightly weary of other groups. The problem is, is that they, then that whole group gets tarred with the brush. When a white person does something horrible, 
it's that one white person who does something horrible. Yeah. And no, no one, no white person has ever done Hitler or Stalin or like never did anything to like make white people look bad. Exactly. I'll be honest with the most terrifying group of people that have ever existed. Historically speaking, there, yeah. there is no other group of people that have caused as much pain, suffering, and devastation across the globe throughout history as white people. Yeah, and it's not mine. If, tough, if, I'm if, having if, it. If anyone deserves a shitty reputation, it's it's people that look like me. Yeah, and and to this day, because do you know what? Even though we found a way of not being as devastating and destroying on a physical level, we found other cleverer ways of destroying the world like finance yeah. and mm. big pharmacology and other pick an industry. <laughs> Militar- militarism. You, you know, mm. um, it's, it's terrifying. Geology, my God. The, the chances mm. are, if you're going to die of something other than natural causes, at some point along the line, there's a big, rich white guy. And it's, if anyone deserves this reputation, it's us. Absolutely. But we don't have it. But, of course, mm. we don't have. Which is yeah, well, that's the level, and that's just the level. I mean, that's one area how systemic racism works. That how if one person does something bad, if if you're a Muslim, particularly a South South Asian Muslim rather than like a white Muslim, but you know a black person, Latino person, woman, trans person, uh, gay person, or a mixture of those things, and you and you do because look, there's bad people in all groups, but um, only one group has the advantage of never not being tarred with the same brush as everyone else. So. Mm. I'm sure there's black criminals in Ferguson. I'm Michael quite, Brown. Yeah, yeah, I'm quite sure Michael, there are. Yeah, Michael Brown, one of them. Um, and it's important as well, one thing I don't like that some people, in a sympathetic way, have said, because he was due to start college, I believe, this summer. Mm. All this, all, and it's like, oh, you know, he was just about to start um, whatever to, to major it was or whatever, and which is obviously horrible that he will never do that. But it doesn't make it more sad because he was due to start college. No. If he was if he was unemployed and claiming welfare, it would have been equally as tragic. And you know what? It's it's, it's equally as tragic if he stole a box of cigars or did not. Because, yeah, which he did. Yeah, exactly. Because the fucking penalty for nicking some cigars is not the death penalty. Exactly. Um, there's there's no reason for this to have happened, other than institutionalized racism. No, and, and I think that's what yeah. the the obvious breaking point is with this particular case. Yeah, and for and black people everywhere, black people in uh, I say black and Latino people in America in particular, it's the kind of thing where, like we've touched on so many different names, and it is that thing where you're just kind of waiting for the next one. Mm. I, I the amount of articles I've read, I don't even mean the past, but just generally speaking about when I heard about dot dot dot, my my heart sank. Yeah, and people who just like another one. Not again. Yeah. And it's like, yes, again. And there's and the thing is, it's not going to stop with Mike Brown. Mm. I know it's not going to stop with Mike Brown. There's going to be someone else. Uh, I've read some real good pieces from like black women have wrote who said, had they they have to have that talk with their with their young kids, particularly young boys, when they're growing up. Yeah. They have to have that talk about, particularly if their sons if their sons grow up to be quite tall or big guys. Yeah. They have to have that talk about almost how to conduct themselves, how to act doing anything to avoid being killed by the police yeah and that's like a, just a part of their everyday existence and the thing about like black black mothers just constantly in fear of their child when their child's not with them it must be horrific that's one thing that's really stuck with me today as i've been reading through things that I'd, 
the worry that you must have when your child's not right there with you just because they're black and out of your sight. That's horrific. Yeah. That is just, it, it's so repressive. It, it's the worst feeling that any citizen can have, that your child is unsafe when they're not in your line of sight. And, and in particular for their, the point of, the, the reason for their lack of safety to be the fucking police. To be the police. To be the war on drugs, really, because that's what we're talking about. The war on drugs isn't a war on drugs. It's a war on people. And it's primarily a war on people of colour. And maybe, maybe if the, the the true linchpin of this is the end of the war on drugs. I mean, if that comes about and we start to decriminalise everybody, then maybe we stop taking guns in uh, small communities where we know we can shoot fish in a barrel. Maybe we stop profiling people on the likelihood of them having crack cocaine in their pocket or being on the way to steal something to buy drugs with the money that they earn. Because this is where it stems from. They assume he's a criminal. They assume he wants money. They assume he wants drugs. They fire a gun at him. Yeah, I read a great Tumblr post uh, yesterday where it was just kind of just someone saying that all those uh, black kids are going to go back to school soon and like, sit in civics classes where they're going to hear about classic American myths like democracy and civil rights. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hold on, my friend just got shot a couple of months ago Yeah, for, walk, for walking down the street. This doesn't really fit. <laughs> this doesn't really come from what you're saying that we've got these days civil liberties and equal rights and doesn't exist well you've got an all pervasive kind of um agenda like the war on drugs then you're out to criminalize and you're out to kill and yeah i mean in terms of in terms of like i mean it's, it shows one of the delineation uh, bet- uh between the perspective of races where for black people, the police for us are almost like they're like stormtroopers. Is almost how we perceive them. Yeah. If it's any help, that's how I perceive them. <laughs> I think. I think, and generally, I feel quite safe in that assumption. Yeah. Um, I, the police I, still terrify me. You know, I, I'm I'm a white female, but the police still terrify me, and I've been in situations where I've been rightly terrified of the police. But it, it pales in the comparison with anything. Oh, absolutely. I've never feared that I would be shot by the police. No. At all. But in but terms it, of harassment, in terms of uh, picking on me, yeah, I, but that bothers me. That that truly bothers me. That yeah. happened the, the first time I was pulled over in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember being terrified, which, yeah. Um, you know, w- was an, an awful experience. I wish I could go back and tell that police officer what you've just done to me, the person you've just created by doing what you did. Because the first time I was pulled over in the car, uh, I can't remember how old I was. I, was. I would have been in my late teens. It wouldn't have been all that long after passing my test. And I was pulled over. The reason that was given was we thought you were going to break the speed limit. And that, to this day, absolutely staggers me. Not you have committed a crime. Not we saw you doing something suspicious. We just saw you 
and we yeah. thought you looked like the kind of guy who was going to break the law. So we've pulled you over. Some, they, thought it was, they thought it was something out of my narrative report without yeah. the tech. Yeah. So I was, that was my first experience as, a, as a, a person out and about minding my own business with the police. Was I, I, was, I was stopped and spoken to harshly on the off chance that they felt I might possibly soon commit a crime. And the crime of speeding in a 30 zone. And for that, for all that they achieved that night, that has, create, that has resulted in a middle-aged man that fucking hates the police. And it's, it's not just that one event. It's been two or three other events that have occurred since. Mm. You know, um, I've been stopped, went out and about with my friends in Wakefield. You know, um, where are you going? What's it, what, you've, what have you got on you? Why, why are you all together? We're actually all live together and we're going to a party. You see how you've just stopped us coming out of university accommodation. Yeah. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of groups of young people together <laughs> there, aren't there? Um, and all that sort of thing. But it does, it rubs you up the wrong way immediately. You know, I, I was stopped in a car as a passenger and I, the, the good reaction was we pulled up, I, I let my seatbelt go. And the first thing the police said to me was, why have you taken your seatbelt? Why aren't you wearing a seatbelt? Like, I was wearing it, but when we came up with stuff, I took it off. But it was the way that I was questioned and the way I was looked at. that It wasn't even anything, but it was a glimmer. It was the glimmer of that power and how it could, you know, if I'd maybe been a different colour. And then you then factor race into, the, like, stories like that. Yeah. And how much it would have escalated, and how much more power he would have thrown at me. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as well as one thing that's actually has come. I mean, not a, a good thing, but just one thing that's noteworthy is social media, particularly Twitter, mm. in terms of like a lot of almost the best stuff to find out about that comes from social media, particularly yeah. people who are there. Yeah. Because if there was no social media at that time, and there wasn't things like camera phones and you know video phones and stuff like that mm. i don't know how much we know about this really i don't think we know a lot right. i, I yeah. think this is the this, this is the, the the biggest thing about it and it, it goes out to the, the this message if i have one thing to say about all of this in terms of making it a better situation to all police officers worldwide we're fucking watching you, mm. right? We're, we're watching you, all of us are, at this point. We are waiting for that moment that you do the opposite of your job. Because what you've done time and time again is prove that you're going to do that. And it might not be today. Maybe it's never crossed your mind, but it, the chances are you probably are going to. And when you do that, the shit is going to hit the fan now. Mm. You cannot get away with this anymore. And so the time has come for you to pack it the fuck in. Mm. Immediately. And I would totally, absolutely, 100% back the idea of sticking a GoPro on every police officer out and about. And you leave that on and running while you are out and about. If there is a break in that recording... I, I'm, I'd be happy for you to no longer be a police officer based entirely on that. 
Um, I, I think Who's that's Jim Lockwood. I think that's the level of 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 scrutiny that we need. What? Sorry. I, I'm in the stream of Ferguson tweets and uh, some tool called Jim Lockwood from the Jim Lockwood show has tweeted, never thought I'd be so alone in defending men and women who risk their safety every day around our nation as Th- police. This is just utter bullshit. <laughs> this, is, this is the problem because with, with police officers, and it, it, it's, I, I would expect this to come up in the argument for, for disarmament of the police as well, that, you know, they're risking their lives for us, et cetera, et cetera. They've All got, this they've shit. They've got fucking assault weapons. Well, I'd tell you who else is risking, it tends to be risking their lives, are, are black kids just for living. Just being alive, yeah. <laughs> just walking to the store or being with their friends or talking. Yeah. It's quite clear that is a huge risk. And, and that, it's just an utterly redundant thing to say. Yes, you are alone, you tool. Ugh. And, you know, they they get paid to take those risks. I don't see black men just being given money every week to be black and take risks. I don't see that happening. Because police officers are quite well paid to take risks. I would it's part it, of the job. Why would you be a police you know, officer should, if you were that afraid? It should be clear, Jim Lockwood's not the only one to think what he thinks. He may be the only one to be saying it publicly. He's just the only one that was on my feed right there, right then, and yeah. you know he he brought the yeah, pile up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, I know. There's always there's always going to be that one person that puts that. It happened like when George Evans got off for killing Trayvon. Um, there's always that one person who says the tweet, and then there's the outrage, and it's you know it's it's so it's such a trollish thing to say anyway because you know what the reaction is. Mm. But there are plenty of white people who will be quiet about this and just won't say anything mm. because they will think. They'll think it's sad Mike Brown's dead, but they'll think maybe the police, maybe Darren Wilson had a, had a reason. He must have had a reason. Why else would he have done it? I, I don't. Why would I, a police? Why would a police officer? Are you there still? Like he, he, he must. I'm still here. I'm still here. Why would a police officer, you know, shoot an unarmed kid for no reason? Mm. There's just no excuse for this stuff anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, it never, it never was in the first place. Yeah, well, of course, it is. Yeah. But there is that, you know, the the um, you, you, the kind of the final straw. It, it it's it's, you know, we, we like you say, there, there's never been a reason for this. There's never been an excuse for this. But but now is a time, a good time to say, as of now, absolutely no more. This is this we have to. There just has to be a stop to this, because if for no other reason. I, I am just, and I don't... Just not just in Ferguson. Do you not just in Ferguson, but other protests around like America as well. Mm. I, I, I have to say this, and I, I've not seen anyone say this, but I have to say, as a white person, I am thoroughly ashamed of this. Yeah. I, 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 I am embarrassed, and I'm ashamed, and I am, I am so sorry that we, we have a world where you are put in this situation. Because it's well, it's it's just not right. There's there's no way this is right. No, not at all. I mean, it's not even a case of so much apologising as such. Because I mean, that's that's one of those areas where why this kind of behaviour and like systemic racism, how how it how it can go on for so for so long without really being without you know really being hindered or checked. Because you know if if you're white, but you know I, I you've you know, made clear like you needed to that you're equally as disgusted and saddened by it as I am. 
Um, but the kind of part of the way um, like white privilege continues, white supremacy continues uh, to exist um, is because it's not a case of even being sorry, you know, even obviously we're all feel sorry for like Mike Brown's loved ones. Mm. Uh, it's not even a case of being sorry, but it's a, um, it's more a case of put it like this, white supremacy is a fucking tough thing to break. And I can't imagine I'll see it gone in my lifetime. Mm. Not that we shouldn't try, but not to sound too defeatist, but <laughs> It's it, yeah, it's such a tough thing to break, and it's not even a case of uh, apologies or contrition. But then it's a case of then trying to do the work to yeah. What do uh, we do? I guess yeah, to guess to guess undo it. Mm. I mean, the, the thing I always say to white people, I always say, talk to other white people who need talking to. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I have to do quite a lot. I'm afraid. Um, well, that, that's. Do you know what? That's precisely what I, I'm I work in a because... really quite a racist environment. Yeah, and so, yeah just. I mean, yeah, just like with misogyny, it's like men need to talk to other men. Men mm. don't need to talk to women about that. Men need to talk to other men. Exactly. Talk to the perpetrators, not the victims. Always. I mean, they, they they know. Exactly. If you, if you're listening to this, and and, the, and and you aren't sharing our views on this. You need to really fucking check yourself out, right? I'm I'm gone past. There there are times when I would just tell you to fuck off, yeah. but we're past that now because that doesn't mean you'll stop anything. And mm. I, I don't want you to fuck off. I want you to listen to me, and I want you to learn from it. And that that is the best thing I personally can do about it. I I want to tell as many people as I can. You've got to pack the shit in. Yeah. You've just and and you can do that. Just don't do it anymore. Not doing it is so much easier than doing it. It's it's unbelievable, really. It, it it's so easy to not be energy. racist yeah. or or homophobic or or anti anything, right? That there's no reason for this. You're making your life harder. You're adding to the problem, and you're making it worse. I mean, e even in terms of police officers, so you've got a police officer that's afraid of his life, afraid for his life, so he shoots a kid. He wants well, to, I think he's let, more afraid of his life just, now. Let's just follow that back a bit and say, well, why are you afraid? Well, you're afraid because you think that the black kid's got a gun. Why would the black kid have a gun? It's not... It, it's because of you, isn't it? In the first it, place. It comes circle, we're, full we're circle. in this vicious cycle now, yeah. and someone has to stop. Right. And I don't think and I don't think it would I, I don't think the people who are going to stop are the ones that we're killing. Right. I think they, they've got more of a reason than anyone else to not stop. In actual fact, I, I don't blame them for not stopping. So my suggestion is and I, I think it's quite a good one. How about you fucking stop shooting people? Mm. How about that? Give that a go. You know, be one of those police officers that is disgusted at the thought of having to carry a gun and would rather blag that you carried a gun your entire career and never once did it go off. Yeah. That would impress me so much if, the, if that was the thing. If, if that was what if that was the brag. could be bragged I've about. I've never discharged my vehicle I've in never, service. I, I've never fired my <laughs> gun. I've never needed to fire my gun. Mm. Do that instead. Because that's that's the only way out of this it truly is the only way out of this i i, I don't even <laughs> as much as i would suggest putting a camera on police officers we, we might st we might st that's treating a symptom it's not a cure of the disease we certainly need to demilitarize them 
without question. They're, they're that's not, that's a separate amazing issue. They're not issue. an armed force. You know, um, they're, they're, that's not what they're there to do. But they, they, we don't need necessarily <coughs> oversight. Um, hello, sorry, we're having terrible connection problems here tonight. Nah, no worries. Um, <laughs> it actually again for a couple of minutes. Um, basically, I, I'm just saying, you know, this just need, you, the guys with the guns in the first place, the people in the position of authority, who are deemed to be the ones who are usually in the right. I mean, that, that's the point of the police, isn't it? We, we have to assume, if, if the concept of police works, then we have to assume that they are in the right. And so you have to actually be in the right. Otherwise, there's just no way around this. I mean, you what you you know you'd ideally like. You like a situation. Dave Chappelle did a stand up bit of stand up back in oh, about two thousand or something, maybe ninety nine. Where he's talking about, he was talk. He said like sometimes we like to call him as well. He said like well, my house was robbed one time, but I didn't call the police. Fuck that. It's like it's not even that nice a house, but they never believe I lived in it. <laughs> yeah. They invited him for uh, trespass, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we did a we did yeah you finished the joke with him being beaten up by the police and the police going like uh, open and shut case apparently this nigger broke in probably picture of his family everywhere. <laughs> so on that note, we we have to draw this to a close because we've done nearly two hours, believe it have or we? not. We, we've done yeah, a long we spoke, time. We spoke quite a lot, um, but it's it's an enormous issue and we aren't going to solve it tonight. And rest in peace, Michael Brown. Absolutely, and I hope truly that. Ferguson gets another peaceful night tonight. Um, I, I, I. Part of me wishes I could be there to to stand there and say this this isn't me, you know. Um, but it's it, this this one isn't for me to deal with. This is this is one for the the citizens of Ferguson to deal with, and uh, you know, as long as we keep the tear gas in the canisters. I, I can see it being a better evening for everybody, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, good luck. And I, I, I hope it, it sorts itself out. Thank you very much, Shane, for jumping on the show. Nah, no, worries. Notice. Nah, no worries. You managed to catch me on, on a, like a rear night ad free. Good. Oh, check you out, you social creature, you. <laughs> <laughs> I have every night free. It's quite depressing. <laughs> So, uh, thank you to the Tech Support Rich Show audience for, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to email me about anything, then the email address is techsupportrich at gmail.com. Send anything there and uh, well, I'll get to it at some point. Um, I think that has to be everything for now. Yeah. I think we'll just leave this one where it is. So, we'll be, I'll be back with another show on Tuesday next week. So, look out on SoundCloud for that. So, bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>